And I was so grateful, as we should be, for counselors and therapists. They helped me survive through that messy, messy time in my life where I felt like I had failed God, I had failed her, and I had failed my three little girls at the time. And so I do not want to downplay or speak poorly of any counselor or therapist. I am beyond grateful for the two or three that I had that helped me in that time. And yet for every thousand that is hacking at leaves and branches of change, there is one striking at the roots of transformation. And when I got out of my hellish hole, which is the basement of my parents' home when I was 30 years old, divorced and trying to get my life back together, I was introduced to... Hello, welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And ooh, we got some real juicy stuff for you this week. We are talking with international best-selling author and transformational coach, Andrew Anderson. You guys are going to love this conversation. As a podcast host, I have the privilege of getting access to these really amazing people. And every now and then I'm able to share them with you. And I really love this conversation for you. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Grab a notebook and let's jump right in. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty, struggling to connect with your husband? Maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is God. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I wanna help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again. Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better. Nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy, and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You know we can't get started without me telling you about the Grace Fueled Marriage Method. You know where to find it, gracefueledmarriagemethod.com. That's gracefueledmarriagemethod.com. Now what is it? It is my transformational group coaching curriculum where you get access to the course that I created that really takes you through all the steps of repairing your marriage, responding to your husband with grace, really bringing back healthy communication and intimacy into your marriage. But not just that, you get me once a week. We go on and we implement all the things that you're going to learn. So whether you have something specific going on in your marriage or questions about something I'm teaching in the course, this is going to be your opportunity to meet with me and to go through that on a weekly basis. I love it for you guys. We're seeing lots of transformation in this course. So why don't you check it out for yourself at gracefieldsmarriagemethod.com. That's gracefieldsmarriagemethod.com. 
Com. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Andrew Anderson. Everybody yearns to have at least one person in their life who believes in them, that they can do what they say that they can do, who believes that they can be the person they want to be. Andrew is that person. Andrew grew up in Boise, Idaho. He served a two-year service mission for his church to Belgium and France. He went on to receive a master's degree in education and loved teaching high school students for six years. Since 2015, Andrew has cultivated this teaching passion as a number one international best-selling author, speaker, and coach, helping individuals break through limiting beliefs transform their lives and businesses, and find lasting freedom. When away from work, you can find Andrew with his family on the soccer field, basketball court, recital halls, or the mountains of Idaho. His wife and seven kids drive his life mission. At the end of the day, know this. Andrew will take a stand for your greatness more than you will take a stand for your own limitations. He will fight harder for your possibilities than you do. Thank you so much, Andrew. Welcome to the show. You're very welcome. It's awesome to be here. Man, what an introduction. Thank you for uh, sharing that with such passion and enthusiasm. I feel better about myself having you introduce me. I'm going to bring you along everywhere that I get to speak. I have a lot of passion. I love it. My audience knows me for sure. Yes, definitely. So one of the things I wanted to chat about, Andrew, is because I'm sure my girls listening to your bio is like, wow, this guy sounds really impressive, but this is a show about marriages. So what, what, why are we on here? Now, a little disclaimer for you, I did not share with you before we started recording mm-hmm. um, that I don't have very many guests on this show and I hardly ever if ever, have any men on the show. I think wow. I've had one. What and, an honor. I, I struck I struck the jackpot. Like, thank you. You did. It's very, very rich. I found one, and he was on with his wife because they have a couple ministry that they do uh, for like, a fair recovery. So right. the reason why I thought you would be a great addition for my lineup of guests is because as we were chatting, you are a former divorce recovery coach and... You help people to understand how they can help forgive themselves and forgive others. Such amazing things. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Let's do it. I love talking about forgiveness. It's one of my all-time favorite topics. So yeah, let's go. Okay. So I know you mentioned that in your book. Is the book, has it just come out? Is it newly released? It launched the beginning of 2023. So it's been out for a few months now. We hit international bestseller uh, very quickly. And I've been super blessed to be able to share the message with as many as will listen and read. Amazing. Amazing. So Andrew's book is Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow. So you guys can go ahead and check it out. Don't worry. At the end, I'll give you all his contact information so you know where to find it. But Andrew, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? I know you said that you talk about forgiveness in the book. Yeah. What is it, uh, especially understanding my audience who are Christian women who are mostly struggling in their marriages. I would say 90% of them are struggling in their marriages. Some of them, they feel like roommates in their marriage. A lot of them are dealing with infidelity or separation, all kinds of things that runs the gamut that are going on for them right now. What words of wisdom, maybe anything that you had in the book or maybe anything that you taught as a divorce recovery coach, would you be able to give for her? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to thank 
the listener. I know that you are here because you're seeking to better yourself and your life. And I just want to honor that in you. And as a Christian, I know that you are praying for help from heaven and God sends angels. And sometimes they're mortal angels that we can see. And sometimes we can't see them. And I am grateful that uh, you have let me into your life to listen for a little bit today. So I just want to honor the listener. I have an incredible amount of respect for women. I have a mother. I have three older sisters. I've been married twice. I have four daughters and about 60 to 70% of my clients at any given time are women as well. So I honor the value that women play in our society and in my own personal life as well. So I just need to give a quick shout out and let you know that I love you and I'm grateful for what you're doing for our world. Is that fair, Beatrice? Can I do that? Of course you can. Okay. Very fair. Okay. Well, I, I do not pretend to be an expert on women. Um, I just know what it's been like from my perspective and working with many, many couples over the years and seeing the struggles that they go through. And when it comes to these challenges, I recognize that they are heavy. And so the first thing that I would invite anyone to do is just to get very real and acknowledge what it is that you feel and what you're going through. And don't try to pretend. Beatrice, have you ever heard that what we resist persists? No, but that, that sounds good. That. It's so good, right? I'm not the first one so to say good. <laughs> Maybe Eckhart Tolle or someone like that, but what, if, if what we resist persists and we're resisting emotions and we're resisting beliefs that we're holding on to, then what we lean into, we actually learn from. And so while some people may tell you that, you know, you can move beyond this or you're better than this or better than him or whatever it is, like, I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to empower you with uh, some positive motivation. I'm going to tell you that what you're going through right now is so hard. And rather than resisting it, why don't we lean into it a little bit and see what we can learn from it? That's where I always start. Mm, I love that. Now, if we, as we start to lean into the hard instead yes. of resisting for it, where do we find, where do we start to find that learning? Well, it's by getting real. We tend to do three things when life gets hard. We either ignore the hard stuff, we suppress it with chocolate, ice cream, wine, drugs, other forms of alcohol, social media, exercising. You had me a chocolate ice cream. Yeah, I had you a chocolate. Okay, I, started, I started with chocolate, right? But so we either ignore it or we suppress it with something. Or one of the very interesting things that we try to do is we try to express it. Like if I just cry hard enough or scream loud enough into the pillow or punch the bag at my kickboxing class, like enough, like I can express that emotion and then I can be okay. Well, what happens is you're actually giving more energy to it when you express it or when you resist it or ignore it. What we need to do first and foremost, Beatrice, is we need to acknowledge, lean in and be able to identify what it is that we are making it mean about ourselves. We are all meaning-making machines. And if we can identify, what am I making this mean about me right now? Then we can find that label and that root belief that is so, so hurtful. Mm. 
I love getting to the root of things as a marriage and family therapist. Like I'm all about getting to the root of stuff. So as we're making meaning, so what I'm hearing you say is things get hard. Yep. And we have to lean into the hard so we can learn. Mm -hmm. And that we have the choice to express it or suppress it, suppress it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what you're suggesting that we do instead is what? We learn as much as we possibly can from it. We become curious. Curiosity might have killed the cat, but it saves the relationship. Mm -hmm. And rather than getting frustrated from these situations, when we become fascinated and curious and begin asking questions, one of those questions being, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I feel. Number one question, what am I making this mean about myself right now? And let me give you some answers that I often get when I ask women this question. They say, I just feel helpless. I feel like I'm at my rope's end. I feel like I've done everything I possibly can. And then I say, yeah, I believe you, right? Absolutely. And I'm curious, when you're in that state, that emotional state, what are you making it mean about you? This is where we strike gold, Beatrice. And here's what I hear. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough wife. I haven't done enough to be worthy of love, right? I'm not worthy. And maybe even, you know, what I'm making this mean is that I'm a victim. And no one uses that word, but we get to it eventually. Like, I did not choose this. And this has now been done to me. And if that's true, then what that means about me is I'm powerless. So these are deep held limiting beliefs that feel so real because of the emotions. And I get to help people release as a master practitioner of mental and emotional release therapy. I know I just fire hosed you. Like that was a lot, right? I'm like, so good. It's so, Um, it's it's, it's real. It's what happens. Okay. So I'm going to, I have to like, break the my ADD break brain will be like well but I, I want to break, break down. the da- this down a little bit I love all of that yes and the idea of what am I making this mean about me and right. how that causes us without us realizing it to become the victim in our story mm-hmm. because we're the victim in our story then we are unempowered to do anything about it and so I love the pointing out of that like Who wants to be a victim in the story? But so many times we just, without even meaning to, we do that. We allow ourselves to be the victim. My listener, she's not a victim. She's saying, I'm not a victim. I'm not. That's why she's listening to me because the coach should be like, yes, we're going to give him grace, but we're not going to be a doormat. And so I love that. And I think that's so um, aligned with that idea as well, is that when we start to think about what am I making this mean about myself? Wait a minute. No, I, I am empowered. And how can we empower ourselves? So these are some of the ways it sounds to me like you're saying that we can empower ourselves. What I want you to tell us more about is the emotional recovery yeah, coach thing. Absolutely. Like, talk to me. But what is that? I've never heard of it. I okay. did see you mention it. And I was like, you got to tell me about this. What is right. that? Well, so I went through... Uh, five, six years of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what most counselors and therapists practice. I did four of those years with my first wife. And then I did another year or two as we were separated and divorced. And I was so grateful, as we should be, for 
counselors and therapists. They helped me survive through that messy, messy time of my life where I felt like I had failed God, I had failed her, and I had failed my three little girls at the time. And so I do not want to downplay or speak poorly of any counselor or therapist. I am beyond grateful for the two or three that I had that helped me in that time. And yet for every thousand that is hacking at leaves and branches of change, there is one striking at the roots of transformation. And when I got out of my hellish hole, which is the basement of my parents' home when I was 30 years old, divorced and trying to get my life back together, I was introduced to a form of coaching called transformational coaching. And I learned about NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And I learned that there were these people that were master practitioners that were trained in a form of therapy called mental and emotional release therapy. And they told me that they were getting results after one or two sessions that were far greater than people had been getting after years and years of counseling and therapy. And I said, hey, like I'm skeptical, but I want to learn. And I started seeing what these people were doing for others. And I became trained as a coach in mental and emotional release therapy. And I'm a master practitioner in that and neuro-linguistic programming, which is just a fancy way of saying like, how's our brain program us to do and be the person that we are today. And if we can figure that out, we can reverse engineer and create new meaning, new neural pathways so we can feel differently and take different action. Wow. I love that. I, it's funny because you don't know this, but I've said this uh, on the show several times. I will strongly believe that I will write my PhD dissertation on um, me being a marriage therapist who does not believe in marriage therapy. Oh, beautiful. And so it's so funny that you say that because about therapists, because I agree there is so much value to therapy, CBT, all the all the different theories that we look at, right? There's so much value to it. There's so much value to what I'm learning in in terms of, you know, being able to look at your family of origin and Look at, you know, how these created patterns and how they're now generational patterns in your life. Like, we don't even think about these things. We're just on autopilot, almost yeah. like acting as the victim without even realize that we're doing it. Sure. This is all stuff that therapy uncovers. And I mm -hmm. think it's amazing. When it yeah. comes to marriages, I think the problem is that what happens is that we... Um, Marriage therapists thought you're just supposed to come in together because you're working on your marriage, right? And you sit there and you're just like waiting for the therapist to, you know, validate what you're feeling. Like, to, well, yeah. tell him what he did wrong. Like, here's the story. You see how that was wrong. Now validate that for me and back and forth. There's really no respectful way that we can complain about our spouse in front right. of a third party. Right. And so what I love about what you shared and what you were talking about is that I truly, truly believe that therapy is great, especially if we are doing it separately to heal ourselves, to do, like you said, working at the deep roots of this transformation, right? Because if the root is healthy, the tree is healthy. That's right. right? And if we are, we're trying to trim it up and make it look pretty and, and, and get the, the things to start growing together to create this forest. And yet what's really going on is below the surface. <laughs> and I literally spent five hours yesterday and the day before doing what I call a breakthrough session with just a beautiful woman who has been married twice 
and was never wanting to have children. She struggled with anxiety and panic attacks for the majority of her life. And she had the same counselor for over 20 years. Her, her counselor retires and someone says, hey, maybe you should talk to this Andrew guy. And within an hour and a half of speaking, she said, Andrew, I just learned things about myself that I never uncovered in all the years I did counseling. And she wept. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, thank you. Because yeah. I, I never know what's going to happen when I sit down and work with someone. But it is such a blessing to get to the roots of yeah. these trees that maybe we just aren't in love with. And when we can do that individually for the man and individually for the woman, then we can bring two whole beings together. Mm -hmm. And I love this. Have you ever heard that uh, marriage is multiplication, not addition, Beatrice? Uh, Let me explain. No, I did so. But yeah, I think I know where you're going, but it, please explain. Marriage is multiplication, not addition. We often think, well, okay, um, we're going to bring me and I'm like 80% and we're going to bring him and he's like 75%. And we're going to come together and we're going to be more, right? The sum of the parts is more than we are by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a great idea. It's just not true. If you have someone that's not whole, and I don't mean perfect, but someone that's not mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like well, and you take that person and, and bring in another person that's not mentally, emotionally, and spiritually well, what you're doing is you're multiplying the gap. And mm -hmm. when you multiply a fraction of a whole, what you end up getting is less than you ever had when this person was you know, by themselves. So marriage is not addition. You're not better together when you're both not whole. You're multiplying that gap. Wow. And we need to get him whole and healthy and her whole and healthy. So when you multiply one times one, you get one. And as Christ taught in John 17, in the great intercessory prayer, that purpose, right, of our entire eternal life is to become one, as Christ said that he was with the Father, and as we ought to be with our spouse as well. Wow, that's so good and so true. When you're working with clients, what are you actually doing? Like, if I'm sitting with you and I'm working with you, or I have a listener who's sitting with you, sure. and, you know, what would she expect? Like, what would, what would happen in a session? So if we're doing a deep dive breakthrough session, which is five hours over two days, we're identifying all of the negative emotions that you have been holding on to and every limiting belief about yourself that is present. And what I'm doing is, is I'm looking for what we call the greater problem. What does all of this tie to at the roots, right? That tap root under the surface, an entire forest of of quaking aspens can be grown from one root. So if we can get to that root and identify that one belief that you have been holding on to unconsciously for probably your entire life, then when you come back tomorrow, we can do the actual mental and emotional release work to change that belief in a very simple timeline therapy to create new neural pathways mm -hmm. that will empower you to create new hormones and chemicals in your body. And then you're going to take different action because you feel differently and you're going to get different results than you've ever gotten before. Wow. That's what we do in a breakthrough session. That's so cool. It's really cool. Very cool. So talk to me about the book. Yes. 
How was the book born? What was your premise with the book? I think every author says at some point or another, I swore off writing when blank. And for me, it was I swore off writing when I finished my master's degree because I never wanted to write another paper or thesis again. So I went mm, about seven years from that point on, and I was standing in the Virgin River in Zion's National Park in Southern Utah. Have you ever been, Beatrice? I'm a New York City girl. Like, I I hardly... Nature, like, nature is like Central Park. I, <laughs> okay, well, there's this thing. It's so sad. I enjoy this, it. I just don't the, see it very often. There, there are these things in America called national parks, right? And Zion is one of them. And Zion has red rock canyons that are just gorgeous. And I'm there for the very first time in my life. And I'm looking up at this sheer red rock wall that goes on for hundreds of feet. And I'm just overwhelmed by the majesty and the beauty of this creation that God has put in front of me. And it was such a strong feeling that it brought me to tears. And in that moment, I felt, heard, saw vision. I, I, it, sometimes it's hard to explain when God speaks to you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the feeling that I experienced was as if God was saying to me, Andrew, this is a rock. Imagine what people will experience when you fulfill the measure of your creation. And then I was like full on sobbing. And in that moment, I was so submissive and humbled. And as I walked away, the next thought that I had was, you need to write a book. And the name of that book is Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow. And then another book idea came to me, which I can't share yet. And that was the genesis of God calling me to write. Beautiful. So when she picks up your book, Mm -hmm. what is she going to learn? She's going to learn that this dude is super vulnerable. And (laughs) I I, I tell what it's like to be in my dark night of the soul, having felt like I had failed God, my wife, and my children. And I had a session this week with a husband and wife, and it was his first time joining us. And he joined us for about 20 minutes. And when he jumped off, she said, I don't believe him. Mm. I said, I, I, I know why, why don't you believe him? And, uh, and she said, he just seemed so short in his answers. And, And he seemed like, like, that's not the way he normally talks to me. And I said, can I just let you know what it's like from his perspective? She said, sure. I said, he feels like he just entered an operating room and had to pull down his pants and I pulled out a butcher knife. That's what it's like when you know that you are failing. Mm. A man of God who is failing in his marriage believes not only is he failing her, but he's failing God and he's failing if they have them, his children. And I said, he was scared to death. And I didn't want to make that any scarier for him as he needed. So the fact that he said yes to the things that you and I were asking was a huge victory. So when she opens up this book, she's going to get a perspective of maybe what it might be like for him. And if that can help her, then I will be very, very grateful. Well, I love that. Thank you. Because ugh, I find so often... Uh, so I'm in one-on-one session, yeah. client will tell me something 
And I'm able to give her a bird's eye view, unbiased view, and able to say, but that thing that you did, said, whatever, let me just give it, this is what your husband might be feeling when he hears that, yeah, when he sees that or, you know, when whatever. And it's not to put her down and it's not to be like, oh, you did wrong. But it's yeah. let me help you to understand because it's so hard for us to see from someone else's perspective. And that's what I try to do in session. And so I love that idea that you're saying, hey, my book will help you see things from your husband's perspective. And and the reason why that's so great is the, the podcast is called The Grace-Fueled Wife for a reason. It helps us to have so much more empathy for our husband. Well, we can see things from his perspective, because at that point, we're able to see him the way God sees him. We can see him the way God sees him. We can see him that he's not a horrible man, that he's not mean spirited. He's not all these things that we might be feeling because that's what's coming our way. And our emotions are making, you know, that we have all that in us. He is not any of those things. Typically, typically he is a man who's hurt and who's broken. Yeah. who doesn't know what to do. And that's where they are in the marriage. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that for that story. That was really a great story. And for letting her know. I mean, that sounds like, hey, ladies, like you all have to run and get the book now <laughs> so that you can get a little bit of what a man's perspective would be. So thank you so much for that, Andrew. Before yes. I let you go, if you could say one last thing, one last thing that maybe you haven't gotten to say that you, want her to walk away with what would that be what she needs is the exact same thing that you need and while empathy is very very powerful empathy means that you are owning his suffering and what he needs is not for you to own it what he needs for you to do is to suffer with him and that's what compassion is the word passion means suffering the suffering of the christ the passion of the christ right calm means with he doesn't need you to own his suffering and, and fix it and take care of it. Just like you don't need him to do that. What he needs and what you need is to be with each other as Christ is with us in our suffering. Only Christ can truly have empathy and own what it's like to be in the pain and the sin and the heartache and the challenges of our mortality. Compassion is what you and he need more than anything else. The subtitle of the book, Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow, is how to find courage and compassion in a turbulent world. And that's what we all need. Wow. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Please tell our listener where, where can they find you? Where can they hear more, learn more about you? Yes. So I'm going to give you lots of ways. Amazon is where you get the book. And then you can also follow me on social media at Andrew L. Anderson 85. I'm there every day. And then you can also go to my website, andrewlanderson.com. And then I would love, with your permission, I didn't ask before, but I would love to give a gift to your listeners. Would that be okay? Of course. Yes. If they send an email to andrew at andrewlanderson.com and they just put your name in there, right, Beatrice, then we're going to give them a gift, two different options, whatever they want. And just as a way to show appreciation for joining you and I today and allowing them to dive a little deeper into what we've talked about. So 
Andrew at andrewlanderson.com. You can write Beatrice's name in there. You can put gift in the body of the text and we would love to uh, send you something to tell you thank you for listening. I love it, ladies. There you have it. In case you are wondering about spellings, anything like that, everything will be in the show notes. So make sure you check it out. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. And ladies, until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at The Grace Fuels Wife, any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me, and it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you, and I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled Wife.